Hello again, everyone. This is Dan Duva. Welcome to SLGND, the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast, presented by the D Hotel. Well, it is a very different edition of SLGND. In the NHL pause, we have made some adjustments. So it is Dan Duva here with Gary Lawless. We are in separate physical locations connected by the miracle of modern technology. We will hear from Dave Gosher later in the podcast, but we will be talking today about how the COVID-19, the coronavirus outbreak affects the National Hockey League, the Vegas Golden Knights, and of course, the people who live in Las Vegas. But Gary Lawless, uh, good morning and happy St. Patrick's Day. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good, Dan. This is a, a little different. We're not in our studio. You're in uh, your, uh, your excellent home, and uh, I'm in mine. My daughter is down the hallway using her mother's computer in the kitchen, um, virtually learning. She's connected uh, with her classmates at, uh, at her school, and uh, the dogs are running around the house. Hopefully they won't bark too much during uh, this podcast. But let's not pretend we're in a uh, in a sterile studio environment. We're not. I'm, I'm in my my little home office. I'm looking out, uh, out the windows uh, or the doors that are on my office. I can see the pool and uh, and some trees and it's uh, quite nice out. But uh, um Strange times, Dan, and different times, but we're uh, we're going to persevere and um, and do our best to give uh, our Golden Knights fans uh, as much Golden Knights content and NHL content as as we can, and it's going to take um, could take on different shapes and different looks. So we'll uh, we'll continue to work and we'll continue to try and bring content to you. We just don't know what it's going to look like right now. And uh, we've got a million ideas. I I wrote a column yesterday and and talked about our content meeting. And so usually every Monday when the the team's at home, we get together in in a studio at the Golden Knights offices and we put out the list of events that are going to come come up that week. And we talk about how we're going to accentuate those events with content, whether it be Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, what's going to happen on the TV broadcast, what Dan's going to do on the radio broadcast, what Dan has planned for the podcast and what myself um, and Gordon, what we're going to write. And it's uh, the entertainment team comes and they talk about what's going to happen in arena. And it's really a fascinating and fun meeting. This week we did it via conference call and we just all phoned in and said here's what we've got planned here's what we'd like to do and now we're trying to execute it and i wrote a column yesterday and today uh dan and i are here doing this podcast an excellent live stream yesterday from darren millard and stormy Tony with special guest Derek england uh tomorrow i'm gonna be at the studio for for a live stream so we're here for you we're going to try and, and involve the players in a bunch of things. And we got a whole host of ideas. So we'll just see what we can execute in the coming days. Yeah. And of course, uh, with social distancing in mind and that uh, from the Golden Knights as an organization, obviously the National Hockey League as it pertains to the players. And we'll get into that here uh, with some of the news. But uh, we'll also uh, get to some of your questions in the mailbag later on in the podcast. And I'm eager to hear some of what happening, uh, what's happening in the Lawless household, whether it's uh, what's on TV, the music, the, the books, what you're reading. And, 
and that sort of stuff. And maybe we'll have some recommendations uh, for you listening at home. And uh, and again, we're also going to hear Dave Gosher uh, filing a report from Gosher Estates and see what uh, he and his wife, Christine and dog Rosie Gosher are up to. Um, and, and that's where uh, that's where we're at here. Um, you know what, Gary, before we get into the latest news, I suppose um, what has been asked of me on the phone and, and in text messages and emails just from friends, um, what it was like as the news was breaking while the team was in St. Paul last week. So before we get into the latest news um, and the memorandums from the professional leagues and the CDC, can you bring us back to your moment in time um, last week as the Golden Knights were on their way to St. Paul and ended up coming back without playing a game? Well, I was sitting beside you. So uh, <laughs> Dave Gosher and myself and Shane Knighty, we went out for dinner. You had uh, a work commitment, and so you were taking care of that. And we were looking for – we wanted to watch the Winnipeg Jets and the Edmonton Oilers play. And at where we had dinner, they didn't have the NHL package. So we thought, okay, they'll have it at Herb Brooks's restaurant. So we went to Herbie's and sat down – and they didn't have it. And then we got a text from you saying, hey, where are you? I'm coming. And we said, we're here. So you arrived and I said, Dan, I've got the NHL package on my phone. <laughs> How do we get it on that TV up above the bar? And so then you and I were fiddling around trying to get, uh, trying to mirror cast, right. I believe is what it was called. <laughs> and, uh, it, it, we failed ultimately, but uh, while you were ordering your dinner, uh, this was all going on. And in, in the meantime, we're kind of watching our phones and then bang, the news that uh, a member of the Utah Jazz had tested positive for COVID-19. And then very shortly after, uh, Adam Silver, commissioner of the NBA, announcing that the NBA season had been paused, suspended. And we just looked at one another and said, let's get back to the hotel it was only a, across the square. If you if you know St. Paul very well, the, it's the old St. Paul Hotel. And we walked across the square and uh, I was, you know, immediately struck by the thought that we're, we're not going to play hockey tomorrow. We were supposed to play uh, the Minnesota Wild on Thursday night and then travel to Denver and play the Colorado Avalanche on Sunday afternoon. And um, we knew... Uh, that we I, I we didn't know, but we were pretty certain at that time it wasn't going to happen. And then as the night went on, you know, my previous life, I was a, a columnist at a big newspaper, and then I was a senior correspondent at TSN. So, and my colleagues are Darren Dreger, Bob McKenzie, Chris Johnson, Elliot Friedman, you know, so I'm texting these guys. Using the Rolodex of, right there. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we're sitting at a table in the, in the St. Paul hotel and I had decided uh, I was going to have a scotch and uh, <laughs> um, Shane joined me and uh, Dave and Dan were having a glass of red wine and quickly all of our staff, Start uh, all of the people from AT and T from the television broadcast. They filtered into the lobby bar, uh, and then all of our communications staff. We were all there together, and 
you know, it quickly became apparent that another scotch was probably in need and that, uh, that there probably, there wasn't going to be hockey the next night. And then, and actually I, this little anecdote I'll share. So the players all kind of, uh, when news is going on in the NHL, they know who I'm connected with and they'll often kind of, Hey, what's going on with that? So, Nate Schmidt and Marc-Andre Fleury ventured into the lobby and saw Shane, who was on his way uh, maybe to call his wife from his room, I'm not sure, uh, and said, where's the big man? (laughs) Referring to myself. Not Clarence Clemens. And Shane's like, he's in there. He's on his third scotch. (laughs) 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 And that quickly, and then the guys were like, uh, so we're, you know, we're not going to play tomorrow. And Shane's like, well, he doesn't think so. And uh, I think, uh, I think that they kind of then made their own decisions through uh, communicating with the NHLPA and, uh, and, you know, Went on, went on with their evening, but uh, yeah, we, we we all went to bed sort of with uncertainty, and then of course the next morning, uh, Gary Bettman had the they told us on Wednesday night that the board of governors would convene via conference call, and uh, and that was uh, that was a formality. Knowing Gary Bettman and how he works, Dan from covering uh, the NHL for a long time, and uh, and and being in New York City for most of the lockout in 2013 and covering it with uh, boots on the ground. Gary Bettman's one of his greatest qualities is he's a consensus builder. So they didn't, he didn't go into that meeting and say, Hey, what are we going to do? He spent that whole night talking to his 31 constituents, the board of governors, the owners of the NHL teams and explaining to them what he thought the league should do and why and getting consensus. They didn't, they didn't take a vote. He, they, they got on the phone for the conference call and he chatted for a little bit. And then he said, um, I think we should suspend the season. Is there any opposition? There was no opposition. And they, uh, then they immediately suspended the season. So that's kind of, that's how that unfolded. And then since then, you know, I've listened to Gary on, uh, on television a number of times and radio and spoke to him uh, in person myself yesterday. They're dealing with this minute by minute. And he's listening to the health organizations. And he's also, you know, he's a smart guy and he's looking at the landscape and, and he, wants to, he wants to award the Stanley Cup without question. But he wants to do what's right for everybody, for the public. And having 20,000 people in an arena while this is ongoing is not a good idea. Yeah. And uh, listen, it may turn out that, you know, the, the disease has peaked and has started to slow and they play games. But it may be in front of the two, three hundred people you need to put the game on and to put it on television and put it on radio yeah. um, or, or other. And, and, you know, maybe that opens a door for other broadcast possibilities or maybe maybe we all do a great job of of contain self quarantining and and social distancing and we're able to get a handle on this quicker than we think uh, you know I, I that's that's my hope i have no idea and i don't think gary batman either do, does either what happens is all before us yeah and and to go back to that day in st paul i think that there was 
um, some initial shock that this was going to happen as quickly as it did. You could see it coming, uh, first with some of the NCAA suspensions um, and then ultimately cancellations of different tournaments. And it was league by league, not all of college basketball. Um, And Gary Bettman has since said, as soon as a player tests positive, that changes everything. And that was a disclaimer in speaking to the Board of Governors in the planning even before it actually happened. So then when it did happen... It um, I, I hate to, to say it was a positive, but perhaps a blessing in disguise because it accelerated the process. I think, Gary, maybe some of us were thinking, all right, well, maybe they'll play the game tomorrow against Minnesota. Then we'll go to Denver and then we'll see where things are come Sunday. Maybe they don't play that game against the Avalanche. But it was hard to see that the game was going to continue more than a week later. But because of that NBA player testing positive, that seemed to accelerate the suspensions, the cancellations and the pausing. Well, we were in Calgary uh, when the game was on Sunday. So we had practice in Calgary on Saturday. And before practice, Sage Sammons, uh, our our communications uh, director, came to us and said, you're not going in the dressing room today. We're going to do all our interviews out here by the backdrop, and we're going to bring the guys out to you. And then we got to Edmonton where uh, they were doing the same thing on Monday morning after morning skates. And the media there was grouchy. They were like, this is uh, how are we going to do our jobs? And and I can remember sitting there in, in this room thinking, you know, guys, how we conduct our business right now is, let's not be myopic here. It, it's a real small piece of, of what is what is transpiring and people's health is far more important than getting a one-on-one interview at a guy's stall. But, uh, you know, I'm sure everyone is, you know, hindsight is 2020 is looking back at that and saying, you know, okay, big deal. And and just think how things have ramped up. Like it seems, it seems like a year ago, right. We were, that we were, you know, in Calgary in Edmonton, like played the game in Winnipeg without even a thought of any of this. And then the next day it was, you can't go in the dressing room. And then it was, wow, where is this going to go? And then Wednesday night, the NBA suspends and then uh, everything really starts to steamroll. Yeah. And and it's, it's interesting to think of the the sort of half measure that it is because in, in certain environments, not so much with the golden Knights, but in other places, you know, you're bringing a player out of a locker room into a crowded hallway, which almost makes it even worse. Um, The golden Knights seem to have handled it uh, very well, just in our limited experience. But I think when you take a step back, you realize it was almost inevitable that it was going to be um, a, a larger scale suspension of all activities, not just interviewing and access to the athletes and the coaches. Um, and then, of course, the, the the first thing that was actually canceled was morning skate that day. Um, and then the conference call was uh, one o'clock uh, Eastern time and noon central time. And that's the call that you described, Gary. Um, and then the team uh, then had to get its flight back to Las Vegas, which was later in the afternoon. I got to tell you, I made sure to stop by the local bookstore in St. Paul around the corner from the hotel. Because <laughs> uh, shout out to Subtext Books there in St. Paul, a great little shop. And then and uh, flew back to Vegas. And uh, I don't know how many times in three years we've landed in a torrential downpour but walking to the car, getting off the airplane, um, it was just sort of surreal to think that 
A, you know, this is going to be the last time we're coming off a Golden Knights charter plane for a while. And B, thinking about when, um, you know, how, how does this progress tomorrow and the next day? And so in terms of the news since then, um, obviously the NHL having been on pause and the initial numbers, you know, they, they just needed to put out some number, you know, uh, three weeks. And then that turns into 30 days. But the latest, Gary, is the CDC uh, has indicated a number of 60 days to avoid large events. Um, and again, that's uh, just within the last couple of days. Um, Justin Trudeau, the prime minister in Canada this morning, has uh, talked about additional measures just today. I listened to his press conference. And of course, President Donald Trump in the United States had a press conference yesterday. So there's news coming constantly. But the, the big number of late, uh, the CDC saying 60 days, no large events that could change. But with that as the, the demarcation for now, how does that number of 60 days impact the National Hockey League? Well, it's kind of an unknown, right? I guess players now have been, they received a memo yesterday saying if you want to go home, you can go home and we'll, uh, we'll, we will ask you to stay in shape because when we do resume or if we do resume, you know, that's, it's incumbent upon you because you're not allowed to the team facility. There's not, you're not working with our trainers right now. You're, you're on your own. And, you know, that, that's a, they are in the summer and players are very professional. They all have found a way to, uh, you know, to, to use the summer to get better. And for the Golden Knights, you know, Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty, uh, the, you know, key pieces that were injured at the time of the pause, an opportunity for them to get healthy and be, to be able to return to play if it does. So uh, it's wait and see, Dan. You know, I, I think yeah. great. If in 45 days, Gary Bettman can send out a memo and say, get back to your teams. We're going to resume work in small groups. Fantastic. I, I do think that it should be. You know, I listened to Bettman on a bunch of places yesterday and then uh, spoke to him for a few minutes. And, you know, everything is everything's changing minute by minute. So um, make plans and be prepared to alter them. So that that really, in a nutshell, is where we're at. The hope is in 45 days, we'll get together and have small groups and have mini training camps and then resume playing 60 days from now. Yeah, so 45 days would take us well into the month of April. And yes. then, you know, you're, you're thinking, you know, and again, it's nearly impossible to pinpoint anything right now. But, you know, if you go by you know, Pierre Lebrun is about as respected a hockey writer as there is. Um, and, you know, you're looking at uh, sometime in May for a potential resumption of the National Hockey League. And again, that is far from official. It is far from even uh, a likely scenario. It is just a best guess at this point, given the numbers that uh, we have as of right now. Um, so again, you're not expecting players to be on the ice doing anything hockey related for the next 45 days. Again, that could change. Um, and 60 days is the number from the CDC in terms of resuming um, play. So, so we would have to guess that Gary Bettman and uh, the rest of the NHL offices have put together plans or are putting together plans that work on those dates, you know? So uh, what would be the first day of resumption uh, if, of, of play if it was 60 days? 
Uh, I believe it's uh, May 21. Or um, okay, I'd so- have to double check that number. That in terms of the of the self quarantine period, the um, the player is uh, uh, expected to continue that through Friday, March 27th. No, no, but I'm just saying if the 60 days from the CDC, when that, you know, there would be a plan that, you know, if if hockey resumes on that day after the 60 days, there would be a packet, a, a plan that, okay, this is what we're going to do. And then he would have a plan that then they would start to alter those plans as things get older. Like the NBA has said, you know, we're, you know, we've got a plan where we would resume in July and, uh, uh, you know, could the NHL wait until July and then resume uh, and and have some form of playoffs? Sure, it would it would affect next year as well. Then you yeah. know, so um, I, I guess that's kind of that will be the decision that Gary Bettman ultimately has to, has to make: is how long do I wait on this season? And he won't make it independently. It'll be the board of governors and and himself. How long do we wait on this season? And are we willing? to affect next season. Like, you know, maybe we play the Stanley Cup playoffs in September and October, and then we pause uh, for for the month of November and restart in early December and play a modified season. Yeah. There, everything's on the table. Yeah, and that's, you know, Gary, it's, it's a good point because Gary Bettman has been consistent in repeating that everything is on the table and even some um, rather – outlandish ideas that have been floated, it seems that Gary Bettman will not shoot down anything. But he also comes back to another refrain, and I want your thoughts on this, um, to award the Stanley Cup with integrity. And what in your mind does he mean when he says integrity? You know, in other words, you're not just going to take the two best teams in the National Hockey League and have them play a seven game series. That would not be uh, in line with the history of the cup. Sure. So for a long time, it's been 16 wins, right? Right. Four per round. Four per round. Four best of seven. Now, it hasn't always been that. There were six teams at one point in time, right? So uh, you, you have to decide, I guess. If you award the cup, let's say you limit it to eight teams, and so that's so you only need uh, eight wins. You need to to, uh, to to get to to win the sorry that would be twelve wins, I guess, to win the Stanley Cup. What you know is that enough? Because the team that wins it doesn't want it, doesn't want to be an asterisk. They don't want to have this cloud over them that you know they didn't do what other teams had to do in order to win the Stanley Cup. They want it to be. So in my mind, Dan, like really for me, 16 teams in a tournament with four rounds of best of seven. And that takes about two months to, uh, um, you know, usually it starts in mid-April and ends in mid-June. And and in terms of that two-month time frame, Gary, can you see that, you know, we we know that uh, in the regular season, you often have back-to-backs but not in the playoffs. Um, You know, can you see a scenario where in order to get two months of playoffs in four rounds, having a more condensed schedule, is that also something that would be realistic? You know, I I guess you'd have to look at it. You couldn't do it too often because, you know, the National Hockey League Players Association, it's going to be a big, it's going to have a major role in this and endangering the safety of players, which is, 
You know, when you're playing back to back, guys are tired, guys are fatigued, and that can create, you know, more opportunities for injury. That's from a layman's perspective. You know, I, 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 you know, the players' association is going to have a voice in that, and uh, but scheduling, you know, obviously there's probably going to be situations where you would have to play back to back. I heard somebody say yesterday you might have to play three and threes. No, you know, and you, you and I covered that. the American League for a long time. Can't you can't do that. Do that. No, 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 no. no. And, and, not, and I, there's got to be travel involved. Oh too, my gosh! Right? Yeah, you know? no, that's that. So. Would, this three and three is an extreme. Back to back at least does happen in the National Hockey League. And by yeah. the way, the Golden Knights' record is pretty good when they play back to back. You know, the the other thing, Gary, is then of course the Golden Knights being in first place where whether it's by points or points percentage in the Pacific Division. And uh, again, by the, the standings as they are right now on pause, third in the Western Conference. Should the NHL resume and go into a postseason scenario, and again, just assuming they go in with the normal format of the eight teams per conference, how then to determine which teams from each conference get in? Do you just go with points percentage where the teams are right now as it stands uh do you have uh get each team to a certain number of regular season games like say 72 or do you create some sort of mini tournament for the teams that are in the hunt and have a a play-in game or two or something like that what do you think no teams can play games while other teams aren't playing so, so if you said the teams that are on the bubble or teams that are, you know, like Vegas is at what seventy three right now? Seventy two. Well, seventy one going into seventy two. Okay, yeah, and then there's some teams that are that have played less. So, like if you had, so let's say you say you said we're going to get to seventy two. So some teams would play to get to seventy two. Well, and uh, while Vegas sat idle, that would be a massive advantage for the teams that played to get to 72 because they'd be playing very yeah, meaningful they're getting games. getting the rust off and, and right, meaningful And the same, with, the same with the play-in tournament. If you're going to say, okay, we're going we're gonna to make it 24 teams, 16 are, uh, are, are you know, are, are, are 12 are already in and then, you know, the other, tw- the other 12 are going to fight for the last final four spots or however you, you figured that out, the teams that played to get to get into those spots would again be at a major advantage while the others stood idle. So you have to protect the competitive integrity and there, there can't be an advantage. So to me, it is points percentage and you take the top 16. Now there are teams that would fall out as a result of that, that would say, you know, baloney. Yeah, like and, Winnipeg, for example. Winnipeg right now has the number one wild card spot by yes. points. But if you were to go by points percentage, they would be totally out. Vancouver and Nashville would have the two wild card spots because they have a five six five points percentage. Winnipeg is at five six three. So then you have to you have to say to a fan base, you're out, and you have to say to an owner, who is you know this is a gate driven league. You know, if if you're in the playoffs, you get at least two home dates, which is millions of dollars. You have to say to him, sorry about your luck. So we're moving on without you. So those are very difficult conversations and very difficult decisions. That And those are the things that are on Gary Bettman's desk right now. At some point in time, you know, maybe they say, okay, we're going to do some playoff rev sharing. 
Mm. We're going to like, there's got to be a lot of ideas on the table here. Okay. How do we mitigate the the damage to a team like Winnipeg that, you know, just from their bad luck, hasn't played as many games as other teams or has played more than other teams or whatever it is that is in there in the, you look at the standings right now, Wild card one right beside the Winnipeg Jets. You go by points percentage, it's it, yeah. it's something else altogether. So maybe they say, you know, you're Nashville's gonna Nashville's in and you're out. They're gonna share some of the gate with you, or we're gonna pool all the gate for the first round, and everybody's gonna get a, a piece of that because everybody's losing right now. Yeah. The Vegas Golden Knights have four more home dates this season. So what does that do to the revenue for the Vegas Golden Knights? Well, it damages it dramatically. Uh, my, you know, my guess is it's that's north of ten million dollars in terms of revenue. Oh uh, yeah, just just especially this game, time of year. You know what I mean? And I don't know anything about what about sponsorship, how that's tied to those games, um, the the, t- the TV arrangements. There are a lot of factors to consider. And you know, listen, I'm not crying. The blues, because every business on the planet is affected right now. Yeah. Everyone who has a retirement fund, yours truly, is affected right now. You know, you know, great advice I got a couple of days ago was, in Can- here you have a 401k, in Canada you have an RRSP. I was told, don't look at your 401k, Gary, and certainly don't look at your, your RRSP, because what's happening on the markets is, you know, and... It's not permanent that, you know, that we're going to get through this and there's going to be a, a bounce back. But right now, the the, the, net, the the net worth of everybody has has been been slashed. Yeah. And that's scary. Yeah. Well, ride it out is what uh, the economists tell you as best you can. Um, and as it pertains to other levels of hockey, you know, naturally, the NHL is best equipped to handle all of this because of uh, the money that um, so many of the organizations do have. It's just the nature of of the major league level. But at the ECHL level, the double A level, um, essentially the lowest professional level in North America, they have canceled the season. There will be no Kelly Cup this year um, in the American Hockey League. There is an ongoing suspension, and I'll read you the AHL statement, which was released on March 12th. With the health and safety of players, officials, staff, and fans of primary importance, the American Hockey League has announced the suspension of play until further notice, effective immediately due to concerns over the COVID-19 pandemic. The AHL will continue to monitor developments and will provide updates on the season at an appropriate time. But basically, they have stopped short of canceling the season. That was rumored, but the American Hockey League has not canceled its season. But they have taken measures, Gary, of essentially how to direct the players' actions um, and, and basically leaving their cities. They've asked the American Hockey League teams to assist the players in going home. Yes, and uh, you know, in the in the Canadian Hockey League, where you have teenagers uh, who you know leave their homes and go play junior hockey in another town, those players have gone home, have been have been given permission to go home to to their hometown. So, uh, uh, you know, every league is looking at what's best for them right now. And, you know, listen, the American Hockey League players, a lot of them don't make a ton of money. And, uh, you know, you have to 
have to consider what's best for them in one of these situations. And then NHL teams are looking out for their prospects. Just uh, the, the people making the decisions right now are looking at so many factors in order to, to try and, and, and get what works best for the individual and while trying to look out for their business as well. And I just want to add uh, the other statement I wanted to read from the American League is that the AHL has advised its clubs that the indefinite suspension of AHL play will not be lifted before May. And the league is recommending that teams facilitate the return of AHL players to their primary residences. In other words, uh, if you're moving out of your residence in the city in which you play, don't leave your personal belongings there uh, as if there is the potential, uh, the real potential of that league canceling its season. And of course, the Calder Cup. Pardon? I wonder where Nick Waugh has his stuff right now. <laughs> that's, that's right. Hotels in, in both Chicago and yes. in Las Vegas. Uh, but the uh, the Calder Cup and the American Hockey League going back to 1936. And uh, unprecedented times for everybody at every level of hockey, whether it be the players, the front offices, and the support staffs. So, Gary, um, that kind of takes us toward how the Golden Knights specifically are handling this. And uh, you are the Vegas Golden Knights insider, so nobody yeah. knows the story better than you. So in terms of not only the, 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 from the hockey operations standpoint, but the business operations standpoint, what are some of the things that the, the Golden Knights have done as an organization? Well, I have to say, you know, uh, Kerry Bluebolts was played a r- large role in hiring me and and in hiring you. Obviously, he's the president of of the business side of the Golden Knights. George McPhee is president of hockey operations. Uh, both those guys, I've been really impressed with how, you know, they've put the health of everything Kerry Bluebolts and George McPhee does affects. The, the 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 entire organization and the fans of the organization so you know obviously you know the the league made the decision to pause and that you know was good for the fans because they weren't making they weren't part of public gatherings anymore large 20,000 people public gatherings and then Kerry Bubolt said okay we're going to work from home and uh, you know the, our offices at City National Arena are basically empty there, you know, Carrie might be there for a few hours a day. Uh, if, you know, when we do a live stream, we go in for a little bit, and and that's that's you know that's what we're doing right now. I don't know what we'll be doing in a week, but the organization has really you know worked hard to try and make sure that nobody that works for them gets sick, and that's 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 the first step. Uh, you know, conduct conducting as much business as they can as normal, but you know. We play hockey games in front of people, yeah. <laughs> and we're not we're not doing that right now. So it's uh, you know on the hockey operations side, you know amateur scouts would be watching film of of players and continuing to put reports together, and pro scouts would be making watching film of of pro players and continuing to to make to make notes and books and and have details on. You know, preparing for the draft, preparing for free agency, all of those things. That work hasn't stopped. It's just uh, they're not flying around the country to watch games. They're doing it on video in their homes. Yeah, but we're all in this mode of trying to discover how to fill our time 
And that's why I stopped at that bookstore in St. Paul before we flew back. And uh, before we get into some of the things that the Lawless household is doing and the Duva household is doing, uh, I want to check in with a number uh, with another member of our podcast crew. Um, David C. Gosher. And Gary, I can only imagine how much singing is going on over at the Gosher Estates. Uh, But uh, David C. Gosher, while not with us for the entire podcast, he has filed a report from home. And let's hear what Dave Gosher has for us. What's going on, guys? I hope this podcast is going about as well as it can go with you two at the helm. But nevertheless, um, You guys know, maybe I've mentioned over the last two and three quarter years that I'm a huge music fan. Um, You may have heard that once or twice or 10,000 times. So in the words of the great John Lennon, these are strange days indeed. Um, Strange for a lot of reasons, and we we all know this uh, pandemic we're we're dealing with, which is um, of most importance to everyone. Um, But strange on different levels that, you know, for me, for the last 27 years, be it NHL, AHL, East Coast Hockey League. I've been fortunate enough to spend my falls and winters and springs going to hockey games. So, you know, we always joke around, either it's a game day or it's not a game day. Either you're broadcasting a game or traveling and preparing to broadcast a game. So to not be doing that here uh, in the middle of March is, is very strange. So what have I been doing for the last week or so. Well, obviously nothing that important with everything else that's going on. Nothing important at all. But, you know, just kind of a a little bit of a rundown. So today is St. Patty's Day. So we have a six-year-old rescue dog, Rosie Gosher. She turns six today. She's a St. Patty's Day dog. So later today, she'll have a Guinness corned beef and cabbage. Or at the very least, some ice cream. Uh, the ice cream could be a tricky proposition because I have refrigerator issues. So if I look at my fridge, the freezer part is supposed to be at zero. Well, right now it's at 28 degrees. And the fridge part is supposed to be 37 degrees, and right now it's at 45. So I don't know what any of those numbers mean. I just know that those aren't where they're supposed to be. So we've had to take steps to move some of the things we don't want to spoil into the beer fridge in the garage. So that that tells you what uh, we've got going on here. So um, so over the last week, I uh, took Rosie on a uh, went on a great hike out at um, Red Spring. I think especially in these times that we're dealing with, I feel so lucky to live out west and, and have the great outdoors and have Red Rock Canyon so close. So um you know, we, we took a nice hike out there safely and then went out to Blue Diamond, which I love. Um, I love the Cottonwood um, station out there. And Cottonwood Station is fantastic little spot to stop by and, um, you know, and have a beverage and just spend some time in, in, in a great little area. Um, so we did that on Sunday. Rosie got to go because they let dogs uh, go out in the back patio, did some laundry, I'm a big David Faraday fan, so I've watched his uh, show on the Golf Channel. I watched one with Henrik Stenson, one with Gary Woodland, one with Bernard Longer. I think that was all on Sunday. Uh, over the weekend, I watched a ESPN 30 for 30 on um, Christian Leitner, which was pretty interesting to say the least. Um, I DVR two shows every week, 
CBS Sunday Morning Show and 60 Minutes because I think they are two of the best shows on television. And I've had a chance to try to catch up on uh, on watching some of those. My supermarket experiences have been, you know, kind of hit and miss. I think maybe or hopefully people have had more good than bad, but I know it's it's not a lot of fun out there. The other day I went into a supermarket and all I wanted was swordfish and some broccoli. And when I looked at the check yourself outline, like you do your own scanning situation, it had to be 35 people deep. So I made a U-turn, walked out, and walked across the plaza to Mark Rich's New York-style pizza and uh, had them make me chicken parm. So that that made it a lot easier. Um, but then the next time I went to the market, maybe I you know, had better timing or better luck, but it wasn't nearly as bad. Um, I have not stocked up on toilet paper. I have stocked up on beverages. And then I saw something today that uh, Tom Brady evidently is going to play for a different football team next year. So if we're not already dealing with enough, that is not what I'm looking for here. Um, what else? I've tried to make a little headway. I'm reading uh, Dan, you love David McCullough like I do, the great uh, historian and writer. So I'm trying to make a little progress on my uh, reading of his book on the Wright Brothers. Um, I'm not a great reader at home, but because um, I find, especially if I read in bed, three paragraphs, fall asleep, wake up at three in the morning, books on the floor. Usually I read mostly on flights or hotel or lunch on the road, but um, but I'm trying to make a little headway uh, on that anyways. Um, tonight, we were supposed to be playing the Dallas Stars, and um, I have a great friend of mine in town, Tony Altabelli, who had uh, came in because um, the Black Donnellys, who are great friends of ours and great Irish artists, are the house band at Rira at Mandalay Bay, and they have a documentary um, that's debuting tonight called uh, This Is My Home. Last year, they broke a world record. They played 60 gigs in 50 states in 40 days. Um, They were supposed to play the anthem before our game tonight against the Dallas Stars to launch, help launch this documentary, This Is My Home. And they were going to play the anthem before the game. But uh, with obviously no game, uh, that's not going to happen. But I think later on, I'll get on the Netflix or one of those devices and watch... uh, this is my home. But all that being said, obviously, guys, I everything in the forefront of my mind is what is going on around the globe and the millions and millions of people that are not nearly as lucky as I am or as we are. Um, businesses closed, restaurants, bars, some of the strip, um, people that are enduring much, much more across the world, uh, and even here closer to home than what I am. So um, I consider myself very, very lucky in that aspect. So that's kind of a, I guess, I don't know if it's an abridged version, but a version of what uh, I've been kind of doing over the last week or so. And as I said, which really nothing that important. Um, But anyway, that's what's been happening. Um, Thanks for having me on this podcast. It's been wonderful to be with you. And uh, I'm going to go back to doing really uh, not much Uh, Very important at all. Thanks, guys. That is David C. Gosher, TV play-by-play announcer for the Vegas Golden Knights and, of course, a 
one of our regular co-hosts on the SLGND podcast. This is SLGND, the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast, presented by the D Hotel. And of course, good to check in with Dave. And uh, as we continue these podcasts, Gary, uh, separated by uh, geography, but connected by modern technology, we will continue to produce these, um, even uh, if it means that we have to look at each other on FaceTime and record independently. It's a little bit different, but it's kind of fun. Yeah, well, so let's explain to people what we're doing, actually. So we're connected via FaceTime. You're recording into a recorder there. I'm recording into a recorder here. When we're done, I'm going to send you my file and you're going to, the technology is called tape sync. Is that correct? That's what we call it in radio. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to layer my uh, my recording into your recording. And then we've also got Dave Gosher has recorded something independently. We're going to merge that into it. And then Dan is going to do his uh, his wonderful production. Dan is multi-talented, folks. Not only does he do a great job calling the Vegas Golden Knights in terms of uh, our play-by-play on radio, but he is also a... Well, you're you're a man of sound. Dave Gosher likes to call himself a man of music. You're a man of sound. You uh, I, you, I, I you can engineer. I enjoy all the the technology. I tell you, one of the things that I'm doing, and we'll get into this in a little bit. One of the things that I'm doing is I have a, a high school hockey broadcast from 20 years ago, and when we recorded it at the time, it was on two different tapes, and we had to merge uh, one tape with the video and the other tape with the audio together. Um, but we were dealing with tape to tape machines uh, 20 years ago in Ridgewood, New Jersey, and uh, we put it together and it was fine. But to this day, it's always been slightly out of sync. This is a playoff game with a shorthanded goal to upset the number three seed, in, uh, seed uh, the three seed in the state of New Jersey. So it was kind of a big game. Uh, and for 20 years, the tape has been out of sync. So I sounded like I really knew what was going on because my audio was ahead of the play. <laughs> so so now. Uh, it's, it's sort of like remastering an old film. Uh, make the video better, make the audio better, and get it all synced up. So I enjoy the uh, our, uh, the the technology as it has grown, whether we use Adobe Audition, Adobe Premiere for the video. I do my game notes on Adobe InDesign. Uh, yes, they are not our sponsor, but still very impactful on all of the work uh, that we do. So it's fun. Um, and, and we're going to go to the mailbag here, Gary. But um, in addition to the normal questions that we solicit, Uh, It's a little bit of a a grander picture here because it's not just questions about hockey. It is um, some of the stuff that we're that we're doing away from hockey. How are we filling our time? This is um, much more of a community exercise than it normally is. Uh, But let's get into it. Uh, We'll go to uh, some of the, the latest questions first and we'll start the mailbag here today from at Bubby VGK. And uh, at Bubby VGK first asks, which Netflix shows have y'all been watching while, quote, working from home? Hashtag SLGND. So uh, whether it's Netflix or another streaming service or TV, what, what's uh, what's the lawless household watching? Well, nothing. Uh, we, I've been working, right? So uh, <laughs> yeah. like I put in a full eight yesterday and uh, today 
got up and walked the dogs from uh, 6.30 to 7.30 and then started doing some some research for this podcast, worked through some technical stuff with you, and then we've been recording for, for some time. But um, I did watch the latest Curb Your Enthusiasm last night, and it was uh, fantastic. Yeah, well, don't tell uh, me what happened. I, I am not I caught I up yet. I won't spoil. I, but, I, okay. At some point, we'll get caught up. But yes. uh, I, I'm uh, an avid consumer of Larry David comedy if sure. you're looking if you're looking for something to watch uh, uh here are a couple of my recommendations i love obviously the sopranos is something if, if the worst thing you did over the next little while let's go back and watch uh, how many seasons of the sopranos were there eight whatever it, it was. was it was like six plus because the last season was kind of two different seasons but they didn't call it that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So go back and watch yeah. that. Um, uh, there's a series out there that I really loved. It's it's based on an Elmore Leonard character, Raylan Giving, Raylan Givens, and Timothy Oliphant plays the character. It's called Justified, and I absolutely love that series. So that's uh, that's one you could go back and check and. Uh, there's, uh, you know, Peaky Blinders is uh, um, is is a fantastic show. So uh, uh, keep an eye on uh, those are good things to look at for sure. Yeah, I, I tell you, there's uh, there's so much to choose from now. This, this is not like the old days of 57 channels and nothing on because everything's on demand, whether it's an old TV show, a new TV show, movies. Uh, there's there's so much out there. Um, I, uh, I, I'll second your recommendation on The Sopranos, Gary. That was uh, being produced while I was in high school and living in New Jersey while that was going on. Uh, I mentioned our high school hockey broadcasts. We, we actually shot a mock Sopranos opening of my broadcast partner and I driving from our high school to our hockey rink uh, through uh, through Ridgewood, New Jersey, down Route 17 to Route 4 into Hackensack. And it's somewhere on YouTube. If you can find it. Uh, you'll enjoy it. <laughs> uh, but lots of, lots of stuff when it comes to what might be on the Netflix. I know my dad watched the John Adams miniseries with Paul Giamatti as John Adams. I've been uh, recommending that for years. Um, a great uh, seven or eight part uh, miniseries with John Adams uh, based on the uh, Pulitzer Prize winning biography by David McCullough about our second president. So that's that's a great recommendation. And pretty much anything Ken Burns, if you're into the documentaries, had uh, PBS make the baseball documentary available for free online. So the baseball documentary by Ken Burns, of course, the Civil War uh, was a great piece by Ken Burns. They've restored that digitally. And uh, the other one that I, I actually have been watching for the first time is the Ken Burns uh, mini documentary series about uh, the national parks in the United States. So a, a couple episodes into that one. So that's good. Here's another question, Gary, from uh, Bubby VGK. He wants to know, uh, I've been to games at Carolina and Philadelphia. Besides a Vegas home game, which arenas should be at the top of my list to visit next. Where, where did he say he's been? Carolina, Vegas, Carolina. and Philadelphia. Uh, Philadelphia, good rank too. Uh, you know, I uh, listen. Madison Square Garden, I think, is a place that uh, that everyone should go and see something at if they could. Nassau County Coliseum is pretty cool right now because it's one of those old buildings that uh, uh, takes us back to uh, to another era. Um, 
you know, I love games in Montreal. I, I, Montreal to me is a special place for for hockey. Toronto, I think a lot of people would lean in that direction. Uh, I find the crowd a little sterile there at times, and still, it's you know, it's I don't know what they call it now, Scotiabank Arena. I think it's not Maple Leaf Gardens, and the in the Bell Center in Montreal isn't the Montreal Forum. Those those great cathedrals are are sadly all gone, but. Uh, yeah, New York for Madison Square because it's not gone. It is a cathedral, and it's you know they refurbished it, and uh, I love what they did there. And it's a it's a great place to see a game. They they do a great job with their video board. Vegas, without question, is uh, obviously at the top of the list. It's become the place in the world to see a game. And you know I'm at uh, just yeah, yeah Montreal. I, I think that's great. Nashville's a cool place. Really fun after the game. Uh, <laughs> I like, we, I enjoy it's, it's hockey for me, so I enjoy every rink. But uh, those are a few I'd, I'd go see for sure. Yeah, I, I like the places where you know you're in that city or watching a game of that team. And there are certain places, and you mentioned a number of them right there. Uh, Madison Square Garden is the world's most famous arena, despite its age and the fact that there have been now four incarnations of Madison Square Garden, even aside from the renovation, uh, it has in some shape or form been around for uh, for basically a century. Um, the new version uh, that is right uh, in Midtown Manhattan above the old Penn Station was uh, originally built in the early 60s. But to get the idea, it's, um, it is a special place for all sports and performances. I've seen Billy Joel there, uh, seen Bruce Springsteen there, and of course, basketball. I broadcast uh, a number of games there, whether it was with the Golden Knights or even with uh, college sports. MSG is really neat. Uh, but the, the live music in Nashville, that's pretty cool. It's hard to beat that. And uh, again, so, so much of it, I think the experience is not just what's in the arena or on the ice. It is everything around the arena, the entire experience. So when you talk about the experience of being in downtown Montreal, in Midtown Manhattan, in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, those uh, places, the overall experience of the arena, the atmosphere inside and outside, those are a few places for me. Well, as you can tell, I think you could probably hear a, a smattering of dogs barking, Dan. And, uh, <laughs> Just a matter of tried, time. We've tried to avoid that, but I think my daughter uh, got a little impatient and came and knocked on the, on the office door here, and that <laughs> knocking on my office door got the dogs uh, a cacophony from, uh, uh, from the dogs. But uh, they seem to have calmed down, so uh, next question, yeah, please. They, they, <laughs> they've got some arenas they want. Maybe they want to go uh, see a hockey game in the dog pound. I don't know if they've done that yet. Yes. Um, yeah, here's uh, back to uh, the, the NHL pause, Gary. A question from Sports Guy, who uh, his, uh, his Twitter handle is Packer underscore fan 12. So uh, here is uh, his question. How would you guys feel if the playoffs started immediately when the NHL resumes? What problems would this create and how might this benefit the Vegas Golden Knights? I don't know how it would benefit Vegas, but uh, I, I do think that like what we have discussed so far in our podcast, for me, it's it is sixteen teams and um, four best of seven series to win the Stanley Cup is to me the 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 best way to do it and to preserve the competitive integrity. It preserve it proposes it poses problems because you've got to make a decision: Are we doing it by the standings? Or are we doing it by points percentage? Yeah. And that will affect the the lives of teams 
that are that are on that bubble right now. Yeah. We've already we went into this in detail earlier. Winnipeg would be out by ports points percentage. Winnipeg would be in by standings, and uh, so you, you know you have to Gary Bettman and and his thirty one owners were, are going to really have to have a discussion over that. But for me, based on the timeline that we have, that would be the best solution to go to other flip a coin. Pick points percentage or pick standings, and then start the the Stanley Cup tournament and and play f- you know four rounds of best of seven series. Here's another question, Gary. This is from Andrew Craig Jones at ACJ nine two zero zero eight, and Andrew asks hashtag SLGND. If we do get hockey back this season, can we look at the silver lining that we may now have Max and Stony back? Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone uh, missing fewer games. And, of course, Alex Tuck uh, has been unavailable of late, too. But we know the last report was both Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone out week to week. Also worth noting that Max Pacioretty has not missed any games yet. So let's... uh... Mark Stone, the, the last report we got from Pete DeBoer was that he expected him to play in the regular season. So the regular season, it, it's going to end on when? What date? April It's supposed what? to be April 4th. April 4th. So Mark Stone, based on that, would be available. Max Pacioretty, we have no idea of the extent of his injury, and it was termed as week to week. So, you know, that can go six weeks, can go eight weeks, it can go two weeks. Not going to guess. Don't know. So not sure what would how this would impact Max. But uh, you know his his injury was not de- termed season ending. So you would assume that he's getting better, and that if the season started, you know, in the middle of April, that would be or sorry, in the middle of May, that would you know certainly have helped have helped him. Alex Tuck was you know on the verge of. Of returning, so yeah, that this this would help him. Chandler Stevenson, we should uh, mention. I think he missed the last game they played in Edmonton, so uh, that that would be something to monitor as well. You know, what would this do for Marc Andre Fleury, who has had a really tumultuous year, uh, including the death of his father? So I, I think that you know there's a factor there. Robin Leonard, you know, how would this affect him? Uh, lots, lots of things to look at. William Carlson hasn't been right all year, so I would imagine this time right now is is helping him as well. Shea Theodore was a guy I was worried about because Shea had cancer last summer and spent most of his summer dealing with that and started, you know, didn't train very much, and his season started slow, and then he got to a point where he was just really clicking on all cylinders but i wondered if he didn't have that foundation of fitness yeah that was going to uh, allow him to was he going to hit a wall and uh this will obviously help him uh you know avoid any any situation like that because he's he's getting rest right now so uh, lots of things to consider and and guess at you know, I, I've covered so many playoff series where one team would have swept a team and been sitting waiting for the other, and the other team had played seven games, and, you know, one team would be off for nine, ten days in between series, oh. and the, you'd always write the column, rust or rest, which, which, will, which will it be? 
you know, will rest have helped this team or will rust, you know, prevent them from being able to click on all cylinders when the next series starts. Yeah. And you, you mentioned earlier in that conversation, Gary, um, one of the Golden Knights trade deadline acquisitions. And just to point out, you, you had Alec Martinez brought in. He's got another year on his contract. Robin Leonard, of course, does not. So this leads us toward a question from at VGK Mats 7, who asks, any chance that we meet, we may re-sign Leonard or is it a stone-cold lead pipe lock that he's gone? Uh, of course, thinking about next season because the contract would expire. So for, I've got a follow-up to that, Gary. But first, what are your thoughts on the possibility of re-signing Robin Leonard after this season whenever it does end? Well, I think he's a fantastic goalie, and I would love to see him love to see him uh, back in, uh, you know, in a, in, in a Vegas Golden Knights uniform. What that's what that does in terms of salary cap situation is a that's another matter altogether. Can you know can the Golden Knights get find a way to fit Mark Andre Fleury's salary and then sign Robin Leonard to a salary that would would fit under the cap? Uh, I, I'm not sure. That's uh, that's cert- certainly something that I think that George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon will re- endeavor to do, but. Like, you know, the cap was supposed to go up. Well, uh, what's going to happen to the cap now with all of this lost revenue? Uh, you know, we, 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 what if they, what if they do play into next fall, you know, have the Stanley Cup tournament next fall and, and then take a break and play a shorter season next year? You know, and this, yeah, again, this is all, this is all Dan and Gary's spinning ideas. Um, so if that shortened the number of home dates ne- of, of, of game dates for next year, that would affect the cap. Will will the NHL come up with a you know a a fake cap where you know because like what, the Golden Knights are, are you know, teams are already some teams are already committed to salary for next year. You know, what if a team's got all its guys signed and is going to be at 80 million and the cap turns out it's only going to be 65 or 70? I, I yeah. have no idea. Uh, no one maybe. does. Yeah. No, there, what, there are yeah. all kinds of questions as it relates yeah. to that. And and another one that Gary Bettman was asked about just within the last couple of days, Gary, if the NHL's regular season is effectively chopped off where it stands, or even if they play a couple of games, let's say they get everybody to 72, which is a thought that had been floated, that still would leave you with teams who made acquisitions at the deadline, gave up significant talent, whether it be prospects or draft picks, in order to get a player that they felt would vault them into the playoffs or into a certain standing, utilizing those last 10, 12 games of the regular season. And now all of a sudden, if you wipe out the regular season and that club has missed the playoffs, they're they're out. You know, they've lost those prospects, that money, those players, those picks, uh, basically for nothing. And <laughs> when Gary Bettman was asked about it, he his first response was to chuckle as if that has already come up from, I'd imagine, some GMs who would not like to see that happen. Yeah, for sure. That, that's uh, 
you know, Robin Leonard is the, the great example of this here in Vegas. Uh, I guess Nick Cousins and, Al, and Alec Martinez, he's got another year left as an, on his contract. Is Cousins unrestricted after this year? I believe he, I believe he is. Um, so we'll call up Cap Friendly while we're having this discussion. Uh, this is the, the beauty of, of having questions on the fly and uh, being able to research these things. Uh, has has we do it so that cousins would be is a, cousins is restricted this year Gary he's making one yeah. million dollars this year yeah. one year deal but he is a restricted free agent on the Robin Leonard side of course the pieces that were given up Malcolm Subban who's also on an expiring deal uh, one draft pick and one prospect so the Knights did give up more than just the expiring Subban contract in order to acquire Robin Leonard the other part of it is. There was so much salary retained by Chicago and Toronto that the Golden Knights, in terms of their their cap space, really managed to work that so they could get under the cap and also get Robin Leonard. But all of that's out the window next year. If they sign him to a new deal, uh, they don't get to use Chicago and Toronto to retain the salary. No, that's for sure. That's they were able to, you know, and you have to think that Robin Leonard, with the success he's had the last couple of years, is going to, you know, he's. He's a start. He's an elite starting goalie in the NHL. You said it, Gary. He's so, a top fifteen goalie in the National Hockey League in the last couple of years. Yes. So um, have a look around at what that gets a goalie, and it's uh, it's north of five million. So uh, now, would Robin Leonard, you know, if, depending on the term you give him, maybe you can get him to a lower AAV and uh, and stretch and stretch it out but uh, you'd think he'd be open to that Gary because he has signed three consecutive one-year contracts one in Chicago or part one in Buffalo if you go the other way Buffalo for one year he had been in Buffalo for previous seasons but the last deal there was one in Buffalo then a one-year deal with the Islanders of course had the Jennings trophy great team there and then a one-year deal with Chicago with the trade coming to Vegas. So he's been on four teams in three seasons, but has signed three consecutive one-year contracts. Yeah. I think he, he's got a, he's got a, a young family. He'd probably like to like some stability and be able to stay in the same place for a while. He's a, he's a fantastic goaltender. Um, so he's going to find a home, I think, but I do think that the golden Knights will certainly spend uh, time and effort on trying to figure out a way to keep him here. Uh, there are a number of other questions on this topic, so appreciate uh, SEKC Blade tweeting basically the same question. Um, and, and that's uh, great to hear the, the folks interested in how the Golden Knights roster uh, is coming together. And, and naturally, we, we get a lot of questions here, and, and we don't know a lot of the answers. Um, and frankly, the, the Golden Knights as an organization don't have all the answers right now. Nobody does. Um, only time can answer some of the questions that we are being asked here. Uh, here's a, a series of questions from Matt Schmidt, Gary. Uh, Matt Schmidt, whose Twitter handle is Schmitty85. He's got a few questions here. Number one, do you have any insight into what the Seattle team name will be? I do not. Um, I have been on the record as saying I like Metropolitans, mm -hmm. but uh, I, I hear, you know, there's a Metropolitan division in the NHL, so maybe they won't be allowed to do that. Um, some people like totems. Uh, some people like Kraken, right. which is a uh, mythical well, character. Well, to me, it's a bottle of rum, but <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. No, it's... 
Okay. Uh, you know, mythical sea creatures, Kraken, you yes. know, sort of an octopus looking thing. Well, it, it could be a yeah. really cool logo. Yeah. I like, uh, I like sockeye as in salmon. Uh, I like just the name sockeye. Okay. But hold on. So yeah. that would be, uh, like the Utah jazz or, uh, the, sh- the, the Cincinnati sting. I think that's what they were called at one point in time. Uh, I don't like the, like, it's the Jets, it's the Knights, it's the Rangers, it's the Ducks. They're plural. There's more than one. I agree so, there, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I always struggle with you that like one. The, so, you like the plural names. Yeah, I, I, yes. I, having been around the Syracuse Orange, and when I started, they were the Orange Men. They switched to Orange. Then the Syracuse Crunch and the Tampa Bay Lightning organization. I had my fill of uh, singular <laughs> team Well, names. actually, but when it's a color, I don't have a problem with it. You know, if for like the Syracuse orange, that makes sense to me. Yeah, that, well, that, it's, that works. It's it's uh it's problematic grammatically. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, especially you know. since uh, my freshman year they were orange men and orange women, and then yes. to be orange the next year that yeah, it'd be different, I suppose, if they uh, had always been just orange. Anyway, we digress. Yes. Um, uh, so we don't know on the Seattle team name. Uh, you're hearing the rumors about Kraken, so that very well could be it, but we have no idea. Uh, another question from Matt Schmidt. Well, what is, what's all your favorite food on the menu at Andiamo's Italian Steakhouse? Uh, Matt has only been there once, he tells us. I got to tell you, Gary, that huge meatball there. And, uh, you know, I, it's it's my first thought was like, oh, this is kind of gimmicky. But it is delicious. You're not ordering it just to say you ordered it. It is one of the better meatballs I can remember having at a restaurant. Of course, uh, you know, this is excluding my grandmother's meatballs uh, that she used to make. But you get the idea. It's not just a, a big meatball. It's not impressive in its size. It is delicious. Well, uh I hate saying this because I'm not allowed to have pasta right oh, now. No. But, uh, <laughs> the uh, thanks a lot, Schmitty. The uh, Schmitty eighty five. You're getting yes. in, in the middle of Gary's diet. You're doing really yes. well with the diet. I have to say, I'm working on it. Anyways, uh, the gnocchi there is. Uh, mm is top top shelf it is an italian steakhouse uh yeah. the, the meat there is fantastic for sure yeah. as well and of course uh, andiamo is uh, one of our regular recording homes for the slgnd podcast presented by the d hotel and when we are at andiamo we've got ourselves uh, that corner booth and white tablecloth leather padded seats it's uh, great and the people there are great to us so we look forward to being back at andiamo uh, as soon as it is appropriate one more question from schmitty 85 any thought on getting Stormy Bon and Tony on the podcast? And uh, I think that as you and I are doing this uh, remotely, and we uh, we heard from Dave Gosher earlier, I think that uh, yeah, we we should get Stormy to file a report from from her household. What do you think? Without question, absolutely. Uh, I was watching Stormy on Twitter the other day, and her uh, her boyfriend wanted to uh, was used to being alone on Saturdays because Stormy <laughs> would be, you know, at work, and he I think he had a regular video game date uh, every Saturday afternoon, and with Stormy around, he didn't think he could do it, so he asked her to take a nap, and uh, she uh, she acquiesced. So uh, uh, interesting stuff at the uh, Buon Antoni household. Yeah. You know, Gary, we've got a few people who are asking about the two particular players um, as it relates to their recent appearance 
uh, on TV. Uh, Rod Peterson, are Ryan Reeves and Nate Schmidt pursuing acting careers after hockey? Uh, I, I think uh, you know what we're talking about here, but a lot of people uh, having seen those two guys showing off uh, their personalities recently. Yes, well, they are uh, both really talented guys, and uh, they uh, have great personalities. Um, Ryan, uh, you know, has has a lot of outside of hockey interests. I think he wants to really kind of, you know, he's preparing for life after hockey. And Nate's a little younger and a little earlier in his career and maybe not quite as focused on that. But I, I will tell you this. When I go into the dressing room on a day with uh, without an idea in my head, I can always count on those two guys to uh, to fill the screen and fill the tape with uh, the, they're both uh, they're both funny and they're both loquacious. And uh, they, of course, uh, appearing on a recent episode of Bar Rescue. And yes. I, I think that when you see it, I, I saw some of it. I didn't see the whole thing, but I did see some of it. And uh, of course, through great editing, you get a feel for the guys and their personalities. And you're, you said it, Gary, when uh, we've got a pregame interview to record for the radio. And of course, you for uh, the, the Golden Knights website and the social media or the TV broadcast, there are certain go to players that, you know, will provide something interesting and not everybody can avoid the cliche canned answers. Those two are pretty good at providing something fresh. Uh, you learn something, and that's kind of what we're after uh, as journalists and interviewers, trying to find something interesting and something relatable. One of my favorite interviews with Nate Schmidt was uh, he, and this wasn't scripted the first time. I think we've done it since, and it's kind of been not scripted, but I've said, hey, uh, do you want to do this today? But the first time uh, I sat down beside him and uh, and to talk to him about Thanksgiving, and he grabbed the mic and said, "I'm asking the questions today." And he <laughs> he was asking me about Thanksgiving at the Lawless home, and I said to him, "Well, we I make a turducken," <laughs> and uh, then he asked, "What is turducken?" Turducken is, uh, it's a combination of turkey, chick, chicken, ch turkey, duck, and chicken. And when done properly, they, they debone all three birds and then they put them together in like a roast. And then you, 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 you bake it in the oven and the, the fat from the chicken and the, and the duck makes the turkey moist. Oh, and yeah. it just, they it all kind of commingles into this wonderful flavor. And the butcher, I'm going to give, I'm going to say their name, Stephen and Andrews on Academy Road in Winnipeg. The butcher I would use there, they would stuff it. Ooh. So they would, they would put the meat all together. Then they would put the stuffing in it and roll it together. And it was, uh, well, it was, it was so good. <laughs> My old radio partner, Andrew Patterson, Hustler from the Hustler and Lawless show, was trying to impress a young lady. And we made the turducken on the Sunday and couldn't finish it. We had like a third of the uh, of the roast left. I phoned him and said, hey, invite her over for dinner. I'll bring this and you can reheat it. And you'll... It, I." The romance didn't last, but her memory of the meal did because I still see her on the street now once in a while. And she says, boy, was that turducken good. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. So I, but, uh, Nate asked me for the recipe and I wouldn't give it to him. Oh. Now, I, 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 
I said, I said, Nate, we're not that close. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it became quite a thing. It was a memorable, uh, memorable VGK insider report. Yeah. Well, I, I tell you, I, uh, I remember talking to Nate about his, uh, his letter writing. He likes to, um, you know, do the old fashioned thing and put pen on paper. And I guess that we've all got a little bit more time for that. Uh, here, here's a one out of left field, Gary. And this is from uh, Polly Bananas. Polly asks, uh, what was your favorite hockey video game? <laughs> well, uh, I wish you all could see the uh, the blank look on Gary's face when I asked yes, that question. <laughs> I, I believe Dan knows this. <laughs> I have never played a video game. I, I confess that I uh, did know that. Yes. When I was a kid and Atari came out, mm-hmm. Brian Woolley lived at the top of Hawthorne Drive and he got Pong. And I can remember we were outside and I grew up in a, in a great neighborhood that had all kinds of woods around it. And we were out having all kinds of fun outside. And he said, let's go inside and play Pong. And we went in and I, and, and like I, I hit, had the joystick in my hand for two minutes. I was like, I don't want to do this. And I, I handed it back to him and I went back outside to the tree fort or whatever it was we were doing. And I've never, I've never played Madden. I've never played, uh, uh, NHL, uh, 19. What's the great year on the, of the, the NHL that everyone talks about one year. I, I was going to um, say for me, it was NHL 95, but 95. I'm there's one out there that people rave about, like, sorry. I'm I'm not your guy. Never played it. Never will. No, I I got you. And you know what? I think the last time I picked up a video game controller, I was uh, maybe I was in college. May, maybe once or twice since then. But uh, it's been since you know the mid '90s since I was playing video games on any kind of regular basis. I had friends in college who did, uh, but the, I, I'm trying to think of the last video game that I you know, would have purchased or, you know, gotten as a gift. And it would have been sometime around, uh, you know, the, the mid to late 90s, I guess. And it was probably one of the NHL games on, uh, well, I guess, let's see, Sega Genesis might have been going uh, going out. Nintendo 64 might have been coming hole, in. <laughs> but it was fun, you know, it was a, it, because part of it was, uh, as a young broadcaster, when you couldn't call uh, a game, you could call play by play of your friends playing video games. Uh, not that I did that a ton, uh, but I certainly know people who did. And it was uh, just another way of. Uh, I could actually see Gosher in his uh, B- <laughs> BU dorm with a Sam Adams in one hand and uh, sitting on the couch watching uh, uh-huh. uh, Flip and Ernie play uh, <laughs> Sega Genesis and Ghosh doing that. I, I could actually see that. There yes. you go. There you go. Or I, I, I really, I can't see you doing that. I can see you sitting there reading uh, Voltaire while, <laughs> Voltaire. Uh, while, uh, while your idiot buddies play uh, sure. NHL yeah. 95. Yeah. But I uh, was more talkative when it came to actual sports. In other words, we'd be playing, you know, whether it was football at lunchtime, you know, uh, and I, I had a good arm. So I was off in the, all-time quarterback so i could kind of give play by play of what i was doing as the quarterback uh you know soccer i i remember as uh as a kid i must have been what 10 or 11 years old little league age and uh on the travel baseball team uh the the travel coach um and i don't know if he had native american background but he gave me a native american nickname which was pahu kantiwa pahu kantiwa and i'm hope i'm remembering that right 
and it translates roughly to wolf who stands in water. And the reason why that made sense was because I would pace in the dugout and it just so happened uh, there, there must have been a rainstorm. So I was pacing and chirping, yelling, cheering on my teammates uh, while kind of pacing in this puddle of water. And I would come to a stop and, you know, yell. I was I was allowed third baseman, you know, I'd pound the mitt. Hey, two outs, two outs. Hey, we got two. You know, I, I would never shut up. Uh, which is uh, no surprise to many people who know me. So uh, I, I'm not sure I was quite doing the play-by-play, but talking during sports has been a long time uh, pastime for me. <laughs> I, I hear you. I can't say I was any different. We'll save my glory days story for another podcast. There you go. We'll probably have more of these. Uh, here, here's one uh, from uh, Amanda Joy and Angela. I hope I got that name right. Um, And this isn't so much a question. It's a couple of statements. Uh, Amanda writes us, community, just like hockey, is a contact sport. When I sit in City National Arena looking at that wall, I always smile, especially now with the empathy and hearts this organization has. Very nice. But then Amanda has uh, a decree for us. Now replay season one, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, just to, that 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 community is like hockey is a contact sport. Is that that's a line from our our team president Kerry Buboltz. He uh, often uses that uh, at the start or at the end of uh, of one of our office wide meetings. Uh, Kerry likes to gather us all together, um, you know, at least once a week, really, and uh, and have a discussion about what we're up to as an organization. Uh, Dan, I, I think you'll agree with me. He's a great leader. Oh yeah, it's been a lot. It's been a lot of fun working uh, working around him, and a very accomplished guy. A guy who was president of uh, uh, the 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 basketball team in Cleveland. The, the last name. The, what what are the, what's Cleveland called? It's, it's, the Cavaliers. The Cavaliers mm-hmm. uh, won the world championship with the Cavaliers, and then a few days later won the Calder Cup. I think with, it was the other uh, way around. I think they won the Calder okay. Cup first. All right, sure. Yeah. Uh, with uh, with the Cleveland Monsters or Lake Erie Monsters, depending on what they were called at that time, at that it was Lake time. Erie. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, was uh, was swept away from Cleveland by Bill Foley and brought to Vegas to start what has been uh, the greatest expansion franchise in the history of sport. Yeah, and now as it regards uh, as as it relates to uh, the final comment of Amanda's tweet, now replay season one. Uh, I don't know exactly how it'll take place, but we know that there are at least conversations happening with regard to re-airing Golden Knights TV broadcasts, radio broadcasts, and making that available for people to consume and look back upon and, and enjoy. Well, I think we should create a series of lawless and orders. What we should do? Ooh, now you're talking. There you go. It's that rabbit hole would be a deep dig. <laughs> yes, it would be. Yes, uh, it's funny, folks. When I um, I'll leave the radio booth with about a minute left in the second period, and to go down to uh, on the road to go to where Gosher is, and at home to go where Darren Millard is set up for uh, uh, the studio in section one seventeen to do lawless and order with him, and then I'll come back upstairs, and Dan in, in, during the intermissions often goes into there's a a, a suite 
uh, on the press box level that has TVs and photocopiers and stuff. And Dan will get the the summary, the the event summary from the previous period, and make some notes. Look at ice time and hits. And talk to the interns, things, you know, and talk to the interns. And then, and my my, my episode will play. And uh, I always know if I did a good job because Dan will smile at me. And uh, <laughs> but if he doesn't uh, doesn't look at me at all, I'm usually like, oh, he's not happy with my performance tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great! Now, so now we know whenever. The NHL resumes. I'll have that in mind next time uh, you do a lawless in order on TV. I'll I'll be prepared. But I tell you, I just going back and pulling up some old stuff. I mentioned earlier a high school tape from 20 years ago, uh, or uh, just pulling out some recent Golden Knights broadcasts from the last couple of years. Uh, it is fun to stroll down memory lane, and uh, it seems that we're going to have a little bit more time to do that. And I think that perhaps on an upcoming podcast, Gary, we can we can talk about some of those things. Thank. You know, you've got YouTube now and there's so much you can go back and find from uh, years past, um, whether it's full games or highlights or uh, films. Um, and, uh, I, and and there are some really good uh, hockey books. So we're going to have to dive into some of these things in upcoming podcasts. And as we wrap up the mailbag segment here, in addition to specific questions um, that, that you have for us, I certainly think that we are open to all kinds of suggestions. If if there are topics that uh, you have in mind for an entire segment of the show or uh, a theme for an episode, whatever it might be, we're all ears because we're here for you. 100%. If I have to sit here and read uh, Ken Dryden's The Game or Punch Emlach's uh, Heaven and Hell in the NHL, I'm, I'm happy to do it. There you go. I, I picked up one of the John Meacham books uh, just the other day at that bookstore in St. Paul and got a couple others in the cooker here. So we'll be uh, doing some reading, but, you know, also being productive, doing some writing and doing some organizing. And I'll tell you, a lot of people will tell you that just painting or drawing is uh, a, a great um, mental help. My wife, or I, while, while we've been doing this podcast, I got an email from Amazon that my order would be delivered on Friday, and it's a set of watercolors for uh, for, for my daughter. So uh, my wife is on the same page as you, Dan. Yeah, there you go. So uh, we, we hope to uh, keep you company if it just be for this little while as you listen. And uh, we look forward to chatting with you again and, and hearing from you. So uh, do send us a tweet, hashtag SLGND. And uh, when we speak with you again, we'll, of course, provide the latest news as it relates to the National Hockey League, as it relates to the Vegas Golden Knights, and what's next. And we'll keep you entertained, too. <laughs> Big thanks to Dave Gosher for stopping by the podcast as well. We'll be incorporating more members of the broadcast team in upcoming episodes of the podcast. Gary, uh, a pleasure. Uh, best to the Lawless family. And uh, again, happy St. Patrick's Day. Same to you, Dan. We'll see you uh, when we see you. And to you listening, thank you and take care. This is SLGND, the Sheriff Lawless and some guy named Dave podcast presented by the D-Hotel. Hotel.